Uh, hello, you're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history pod- podcast. Each week... Pod, I- pod, podcast. Pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa. Each week, I read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Nailed it! Whew! Man, we're good. That was close. Particularly me. Well, it's really stumbled on podcast. Mm. Bit of a train wreck on podcast, honestly. I liked it! God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Garrett. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are <laughs> Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. I say done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> August 31st, Sorry, 1851. Said, sorry, you said something. I was, it's mine. Okay. Robert Emmett Odlum was born in Ogdensburg, New York. He was named after Irish nationalist Robert Emmett, a rebel leader who led a rebellion against the British, got captured, and executed for treason. That'll show him. And then name your boy after that guy. That'll teach him. Naming our boy after that dead guy. Yep. Uh, Robert had six siblings, two of whom died during childhood. God, it must have just been so weird for most of, like, you know, half of your siblings to just die. That's how it was. You You probably, I mean, imagine looking at pictures when you're 10, like, oh, remember Grace and Charles? They They were fun toddlers. They should have named kids until they were 12. Yeah. That's what I would have done. I'd be like, one, two, three. Hey, it's your 12th birthday. You're going to be named Larry. This year, my parents gave me the name Larry for my birthday because I made it to 12 without polio. St. Lawrence, uh, Lawrence County native, uh, Robert learned to swim in the St. Lawrence River at a very young age, and he was a very, very good swimmer. Ooh. But then his father died in the mid-1850s, so the family moved. They moved around looking for places to settle. First they went to New Orleans, then New York City, then Boston, then Detroit, then Cleveland, and then Montreal. Then on to St. Louis, where they stayed for a little bit, and then they went to Cuba, and then back to New Orleans. What? Cuba's a weird call. Cuba's a really weird call. That's the weird one. But all of those places are weird at this time, because there's no fucking cars or planes. Yeah, You're, they must have just taken uh, forever. Know, oh my God, with all the uh, all the alive kids, and then you are probably dragging the dead kids behind you. Yeah, and more, more die. I mean, you're really putting a lot more in peril. It's a total nightmare. Maybe they were just trying to kill kids. I hope so. And then they ended up back in New Orleans where uh, they arrived on the same day the state of Louisiana ratified the Confederate Constitution. Finally. So shit's on. Finally. So shit's on. Good call. Robert's older brother had joined the Union Army. That's the good one. Well, Mm. jury's still out. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the family went in search of, uh, of his older brother. David. To congratulate I, him? I don't know what. I don't know. They, they've already been all over the fucking world. They're not going to find the guy. You can't find anybody in that time. And especially when they're in an army, they're always fucking moving around. Imagine finding someone. In that time? When if, someone if, left, imagine like, fi- finding someone. Impossible. Not then. If they're gone, they're gone. I mean, especially in the middle of a fucking war. You may, hey, have you seen Bob? You have, to go to ev- you have to go everywhere and put up signs. It's crazy. So they went to missing son. They went to Illinois and Kentucky, and then ended up just moving to Memphis, Tennessee. They would never see David again. Okay, that's, I told them that's what would happen. You warned them. Uh, David served under. This is the best part. He served in the army under an alias, so he picked a different name when he joined the army. That made it harder. 
complicates matters. And he uh, he vanished after the after the Battle of Shiloh. They did not know if he had died, been captured, or deserted. So, that we, so we never get closure no on our David. Anything. No, David's a mystery. Hmm. It's one of the great mysteries of America. What happened to David? I like to think he opened up a little B and B. Right? Yeah. Yeah, right on the river. Retired. Fuck yeah. Sort of lived like Johnny Cakes and the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. There it is. Log you got cabin. Fucking, you got great ideas. Boyfriend. On April fourth, eighteen sixty-four, the family's Memphis home was destroyed by Union forces to make a firing path for artillery. Now that's a that's a total disregard of someone's house. Well, and also that's There's, why you gotta you gotta check your insurance policies to see if right. if you're covered for fire linings. For, but that's when they you could while they turned on your house you you could go. What about to the left? Could you guys maybe just? Though there's a big space over there. Have Use you our seen living room. My driveway. Use our living room. So they moved to Mobile, Alabama. They got deeper in it. They were like, "Let's go farther down. Let's find crazier areas." Robert left, and uh, he left the family and got a job as a tea merchant in Philadelphia in 1870. Sure. So he's he's like at this point he's like I just like I'm I'm super into tea. The tea tea's my thing, and I'm gonna just dedicate my life to it. And yep. then he moved to St. Louis, and then he moved to Chicago, and then in 1878, he moved to Washington, D.C. Well, can I ask, did they, were they uh, compulsive movers? Uh, there's an issue. Are they sharks? That I couldn't figure out. If they stop they, moving, do they die? They would not stop moving. I mean, They're it must them. have just been insane. You'd get unpacked, and they'd be like, we're going to Cuba. Wouldn't that be great if this one, this doll ended up being about a moving company? That would be great. But it's not. Okay. Union movers. Uh, so in Washington, D.C., that's where he opened up a swimming school. Uh, I was going to actually guess that. <laughs> Robert was very interested in teaching not just swimming, but safety. Water safety. Well, that feels like a part of swimming in a way, but okay. And to bring attention to his cause, he started doing stunts. Oh, well, here, here we go. What do you mean? Here we go. Uh, he'd hold his breath underwater Here we uh, go. for minutes at a time. Oh, boy. He would challenge anyone to swim races. Okay. Anyone. He had like a standing like bet for like 500 bucks or whatever. Anybody. He'll take on anybody. But no one would take him on because he's the fastest fucking guy. Right. Uh, and then there were the jumps. He liked to jump from bridges. No, here we go. Or, are we already there? We've already started. We're already there. And obviously we're developing. <laughs> He used the uh, jumps. Just jumping off of bridges? Well, he used the jumps to spotlight two main safety issues. <laughs> First, he thought everyone should know how to swim and that people who were in. And also that people who were in high rises when fires broke out should be able to jump to the safety of nets of firemen. So those are the two points he was trying to make by jumping off of bridges. That you should know how to swim. And secondly, you shouldn't be afraid to jump out of a building into a fireman's net. I'm not sure if either one need the bridge. I'm okay. Well, we'll get there. Couldn't you just put? I mean, were other? Was he training people to jump off the bridge? Well, hold on now. Oh God! I mean, we're about to hear about a lemming squad. The fire problem was a legitimate problem. Fires were common, and Americans were building taller and taller buildings, and it was very hard for the firemen to get up there and save people because ladders only went so far. Right. This is before they knew about building bigger ladders. Right. So, right. They were like, well, the ladders only go so far. That's right. He's actually right. Look, it does stop. You're the one building buildings taller than the ladders. All right. 
That's why people are dying. Shorter buildings, more of them. So if you jumped high up, so if you were trapped high up in a building, right, your only option is to jump. There's no ladder option. Right. Now, this led to other issues. First, people were scared to jump out of a building. Why? Because it's a building. Oh. And second, people at that time thought that if you jumped from a building and were plummeting down, you would die because you wouldn't be able to breathe. Right. Because you... It's a commonly held thought. Because the air is underwater. It's a commonly held belief that because... Had anyone ever jumped? Because you're jumping. Because you're moving so fast now that you've jumped that you're going past the air. So literally nobody could be like, no, I was breathing. Look, it's a if you're trained to think based on cartoons. Oh, right. I forgot. Two this things is, can happen. Right. You can't breathe when you're falling. And secondly, you can step out, step out of a house that's been shot out of a cannon. Sure. Sure. Okay. You can't breathe when you're falling through the air. Okay. <laughs> Makes total sense. They actually thought falling would stop breathing. The theory had not yet been tested. Oh, that may, that's what I understand. Which was obviously a problem because to test it, you might die. So you can see the catch-22. Sure. So you really had to be, you really had to have some you strong be beliefs that But they, But he's jumping live. off bridges. So here okay. we get ready. Robert was the man. He started jumping from higher and higher places. In 1880, he jumped from 100 feet up into the Potomac and was not injured. But did he breathe? Well, so far, he's fucking, he's fucking shattering people's minds. Yeah. And he kept at it, uh, gaining fame and jumping from higher distances, hitting the water feet first and never getting injured. So he's the fucking man. He's fucking blowing everyone's mind. He's like, look, this shit's real. This jumping and breathing shit is real. I'm breathing. I'm swimming. I'm swimming. I'm breathing. I'm jumping. Then I'm breathing again. His swimming school became more and more popular, and he became known as Professor Odlum. Sure. It, uh, in, the, in the census, uh, he listed himself as the professor of swimming. They're like, well, there's one of you. <laughs> That's our official count. There's one swimming professor. The professor of swimming. His jumping and swimming school attracted the city's elite and the fancy people. Uh, I love the fancy people. I mean, of course it did. He taught the kids of presidents and senators and higher up military men. Come um, on, bring the kids down. I'll teach them about the government and throw them off a bridge. The first lady, Mrs. Garfield, came in 1881. He added a gymnasium to the swim school. And even though the swim school was very successful, Robert kept jumping and doing stunts. I feel like that's maybe something you hang up. You gotta, yeah, I think you wrap it up. You I know, think you, you now you've got to. You're now the you athlete gotta, who's open to car dealers. You've got a Stick successful swim school. Yeah. You're good. You're good. You don't need to keep playing f- football, Johnny. Yeah. You did your time you did your at, thing. At, at the University of Iowa. Yeah. You're good. You're, you're good fine. To go. You got out. In 1881, he, quote, challenged any man in the United States to swim him for anywhere from 250 to 500 a side. No one took the bet. That same year, he held his breath underwater for three minutes and ten seconds. And, of course, everyone thought that was amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. In 1882, Robert jumped from 110 feet up on a ladder that was placed on the deck of a steamer. He splashed into the water unharmed, even though he went in at an angle. Okay. All right. Eventually, people moved on. You know, his time... (laughs) That's so great that people are eventually like, 
Well, he's yeah, jumped right. off of all the things we can see. Let's he's move been on. Held his breath a number of times. He's jumped and blabbity. We now know you can jump and breathe. I assume other people open up swim schools because the swim school fell on hard times. He closed it. That's it. End of the swim school. I heard the doctor of swimming put him under. Well, everyone knew. It was and the president of swimming. He then got and a governor job. Governor swims. He get, he then got a job as a professor of swimming at the Hygia Hotel in Hampton, Virginia. Now this, it's getting a little sad. Beforehand was known as a lifeguard. Yeah, but he made sure the title was professor of swimming. Yeah. So, so he's hanging on to some shit. That's going to be great, though, when they're like, we have to make a professor of swimming is on sorry, duty sign. I'm sorry, what? We, we need, we have, we've, we no longer, we fired the lifeguard. Right. And now we don't have a lifeguard, so right. we just, we have a professor of swimming. So we're going to need a sign that says professor of sorry, swimming not, is I'm on under, duty. I'm not no, understanding. So there's, so we found a guy who jumps off of bridges. Okay, that's And right. he's the professor of swimming. Well, that doesn't sound like a And professor. now he's going to sit in that elevated chair. Did he go to Harvard? He jumps into... Is, is swimming, is swimming uh, something you can get a, a doctorate in? No, but don't ask him any of these questions when you see him. Okay, Just why, make a fucking sign that says... Why don't we hire somebody else? Because... What about a lifeguard that matches the sign? There, Bert's <laughs> kid down the street... He can do it. He said, I, I want to be the next lifeguard. I'm he, he, he is as much as a lifeguard, and he is a professor. Okay. Again, just make a sign. Okay, professor wanna... of swimming is on duty. Okay, professor of swimming uh, must be on guard at all times. Okay, but look, you're, you're talking to me like I'm not the professor of signage. Right, sorry, a professor of signage, yes. So, and, and I'm like obviously, you show me a little more respect. And I'm, I'm the professor of managing this hotel, and that's the sign we need you to make. Also, will you talk to the professors of towels and see okay. if they can turn over some of the rooms? You got, you, I can talk some of the it. professors of uh, sleeping here are running out of their towels. Uh, there, Robert really showed off his swimming skills by swimming an 18-mile trip from Old Point Comfort to Ocean View and back. How long? 18 miles. Fucking A, In the dude. fucking water. So yeah. he's not kidding around. He's, you know, he's fucking serious swimmer. He has a PhD in he water. He does not have a PhD. He's a good swimmer. He has a PhD in the water. He also saved the life of a 16-year-old kid at the hotel who happened to be the son of former VP uh, Schuler Colfax. Oh, I really loved the Colfax administration. Right? Very good. Well, yeah. And then and then right after that, Robert got pneumonia, uh, malaria. Oh, okay. Uh, on May 24th, 1883, the Brooklyn Bridge opened. Finally. It was a suspension bridge that stood over 200 feet above the water. That's pretty high. Oh, God. The country was very impressed with the new bridge, as was Robert. Oh, God. In 1885... For different reasons. Word got out that Robert was going to try to jump off the bridge at an area that would be 130 feet above the water. His previous highest jump was 110 feet. He wouldn't be the first to want to. Ronald Donaldson, whose parents were assholes, <laughs> Ronald Donaldson had tried while the bridge was being built in 1882 to jump off of it. He tried it three times. Once he was stopped by the wind, uh, I assume. Okay. I mean, just he wasn't it. stopped by the wind. Well, you can he pussied out because of wind. But maybe he went up there and he tried to jump and the wind kept blowing him back. That would be so great if he jumped and was just suspended and just like blew back up onto the bridge. <laughs> oh, three times. It's just too windy. The, the wind won't have me today. Look, I'll do it again. You guys uh, see that? You guys see this, right? I'm back. Sorry. Uh, the other two times, the construction workers stopped him. Right. 
Robert was next. He went to New York, and there he was interviewed by the New York Herald. Quote, if I should die, I don't want the public to think that I had no good object in view. I want the Herald to explain that I have for years illustrated the fact that men do not die while falling through the air. Oh, my God. And that no matter if men or women were 100 feet high on the roof of a burning building, they would not hesitate to jump into a net if they read that I had jumped 140 feet from the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm saving lives. He's already proven that you're, you can I'm breathe. saving lives. I think, I think that run might come to an end soon. I'm just picturing... Five people standing on the roof of a burning building that's about 150 feet high. And one guy is saying, don't jump, you'll die. Well, the truth is, and though, then they burned it the down. truth is, though, if it's windy, there's no point in jumping. You'll just blow right back into the burning that fire. That is true. That is true. That Which is very tough. <sighs> so this is clearly for science. Yes. Right? Also, he didn't have a lot of money and was hoping the fame would help him financially. But, in, uh, but the New York City authorities got wind of his plan, mostly because he did an interview for the New York Herald, and uh, were set not to allow him to pull off his feet. Pricks. On the morning of uh, May 19th, 1885, Robert went to confession at the Church of the Redemptionist Fathers. Then he got together with a few buddies. They included boxer Patty Ryan, wrestler William Muldoon, and actor Henry Dixie. That's so, quite a table. Yeah, he's got a fucking, he's like, uh, he's like a young uh, Leo, right? Yeah, this is like the Brat Pack. Robert then uh, sent two of his friends, James Haggart and a Mr. Cluss, up to the bridge to scope it out. Hmm? Uh, so, Were they drinking? No, I don't think. I didn't okay. see any uh, indications that they were drinking. Because if you're drunk and you go through the air, you can't breathe. That is true. Yeah. Uh, beneath the bridge, a tugboat full of people hung out 100 yards away from the bridge. And on board, they had a rescue swimmer uh, to help them out in case there was a problem. There were thousands of spectators in the area and a lot of cops. Every horse-drawn carriage that came to cross the bridge was accompanied by a cop on foot. So here I didn't. I don't really understand. So if you're looking for a guy, you know what the guy looks like. Would stop the carriage and question the people in the carriage. No, but what the they carriage. did was is they just walked along the side of it. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. that'll uh, police work. Yeah, that's good detectiving. After, Let the criminal emerge to you. Yeah, thank you. Don't find him. After two hours, the cops thought they had Robert. They stopped a suspect and questioned him. The man said he wanted to jump. And didn't think it was anyone's business to stop him. A few other officers then surrounded the carriage as it slowly moved forward. They were not going to let this man out of the carriage. They Uh thought they had the situation under control. Problem was, that guy in the carriage was a decoy. I knew it. That was James Haggard. That fucker. 200 yards back, Robert was riding in a wagon, which slowly made its way across the bridge. When it got to the desired location, Robert hopped out, dressed in a bright red swimsuit. Well, that's good though. Keep the people can no, see no, you. Don't, yeah, I assume all. It, it's amazing that his plan worked so well. Yeah, like a guy in a carriage said, "I'm going to jump. You can't stop me." And the then cops just kept moving forward, and, the, and all the cops went, "We've got this guy. Says he's going to jump." And then they all clambered around that, and then a guy in a big red bathing suit jumps out. See, I just don't think the guy who wants to jump off the bridge is going to tell you. That's what I thought. Yeah, but it was a very honest time. Yeah. <laughs> uh. 
So, this was the first lie. So the guy in the bright red, I love that he's wearing a bright red swimsuit. Too. Gorgeous. I'm picturing what Rodney Dangerfield wore at the end of Back to School. Yes. He walked over to the railing, climbed up, and got himself into the proper jumping position. The cops suddenly realized they'd stopped the wrong guy and started rushing over to Robert. The crowd went completely silent. Robert Emmett Ollum raised a hand high above his head, which he would use as a rudder to steer himself into the proper position as he hit the water. What? And then, so he's going to use his hand. He held up his hand like a shark fin. Well, he's going to use his hand like a rudder to keep himself from tilting or going. Is he in a weird diving way. or jumping feet first? Uh, he's jumping feet first. Right. So, so but, his arm, his arm up, helps him to steer uh, okay. his body. All right, right, right. Okay. And it's a good normal look too. It's a normal look. Uh, and then he jumped. It took him three seconds to hit the water. Oh God! The first hundred feet of the jump went great. Uh, Dave, what? That's and the next hundred went greater. <laughs> no. no, that's not right. <laughs> oh no! It's easy for the first hundred to go great. It's the last one that counts. Uh, then he started to slant a little bit. <laughs> Wait, I thought he was ruddering with his no, hand, though. Apparently he wasn't ruddering right. <laughs> it could have been the wind, or he may not have been able to jump the way he wanted because of the rushing police. Either okay. way, slanting's bad. He tried to correct it with his hand up, but it was too late. He did not hit the water first feet. He landed on his right side in his hip area. Ugh. Water splashed 20 feet high, oh, which God. is not a good sign. No. He went underwater, and when he came up, he was floating face down, which is the which is the signal that you're okay to the yes. survive the, to the emergency crew. Yeah, that's the signal. That's the international signal for him. He's fine. fine. He's face down, he's floating. Face down. He's good, you guys. He's good. He we did it. it. <laughs> His rescue guy jumped off the tugboat and swam as quickly as possible to Robert. When he reached him, he put his shoulder under Robert's head and lifted it out of the water. Thousands watched while they pulled Robert's limp body out of the river. They brought him to the tugboat's galley, where they started resuscitation. He stayed unconscious for a long time. Then he started to stir. He opened his eyes and asked, Is it all over? Did I make a good jump? So when he hit the water, he became a five-year-old? <laughs> I wish that they had told him the truth, that it was shit. There was a shit jump and a shit landing, but they didn't. They all told him it was great. Yeah, he oh, great. Really oh, terrific. Really you that's nailed it. That's why you're it. at the, uh, the, the first. Boy, were you ruddering with that hand? Oh, man. You're like a boat up there. Robert then tried to sit up, which turns out was a very bad idea. Blood came out of his mouth, which is not it's not supposed to do, if you know anything about the human body. And then he asked, am I spitting blood? As more blood poured out of his mouth. Really good jump, Robert. Really nailed the jump. Just can't say enough about it. His friend Robertson told him it was not blood. It was just brandy. Yeah, you hit the water so hard you got a bottle of booze in your belly. <laughs> it's right here in this book called Science. You popped your brandy sack. Yeah. But you know happens. what they say. That happens. You get hit hard enough, you become booze. You're like a bourbon tap. <laughs> Hey, boys, get, Everyone, some, get, some, get some glasses. Let's celebrate the perfect jump with a glass of the brandy from his body. He's doing it. He's Drink the fucking blood. Oh, Here we God. go. A toast. A toast to our best friend and hero. Look at him go. Oh, Cheers. God. Here. Oh, terrible blood. That's so good. 
The boat made its way to shore. It was a total of 35 minutes after the jump. Oh, so not a lot of time for him to sit there just puking blood. When he was taken off the boat on shore. (sighs) It took another 20 minutes for an ambulance to get there. Well, sure. They probably Uh, weren't ruddering right. By the time the ambulance arrived, Robert Emmett Odlum was dead. Time of death, six... From, eight, from the jump, right? Yeah. Okay. Time of death, 618. It's hard. It could have been... A I lot wasn't of people, sure. A lot of people thought it was the flu. I thought it was old age, maybe. Or brandy. Yeah, it was brandying. Time of death, 618 p.m. The undertaker's wagon took him to the corner. His spleen, liver, and kidneys had ruptured from the impact. He Ugh. had three broken ribs and many severe bruises. He also had tuberculosis. <laughs> But probably not from the He jump. hit it probably so hard that the, he got TB? Yeah, he went so hard in the water he got TB. Uh, his death was listed as due to concussion. So his brain was fucking rattled as well. I mean, uh, imagine what his... Imagine, it was a multiple if rattling. If they said you died from concussion, imagine what his, his fucking noggin looked like. If only the Will Smith doctor was around back Thank then. Thank you. His sister Charlotte came to collect his body four days later on May 28th. She had a discussion with the coroner about why his heart and liver were missing. The coroner denied he had anything to do uh, with it. Hmm. I, that's not my... I don't... Why would I be? There's I'm, just two IOUs sitting in his body. I, I'm just the coroner. I'm, I, just, I just did the thing. I took... I'll be honest. I think they fell out in the water. They did. Parts, he hit it so hard. Parts of him popped out. And he so hit the those water are, so hard that his liver and kidney fell out of his body. Thank you. So... Anyway, you're a woman. Go away. Also, do you want to buy a kidney? People then looked for someone to blame for his death. Yep. Who's our scapegoat? Mrs. Garfield, that cunt. Robert's mother blamed his friend, Paul Boyton, who had captained the ship, the tugboat ship, and been the rescue diver. He, he wrote her a letter denying responsibility and had it published in the New York Times. She then went to see Paul Boyton in New York, but was met instead by a lawyer and a judge who told her she should avoid slandering Boyton. Robert's mother then claimed Boyton had letters that had been that had uh, he had destroyed in which he pushed Robert to come and make the jump. She eventually wrote a biography about Robert titled The Life and Adventures of Professor Robert Emmett Odlum containing an account of his splendid natatorium in the national capital. So the whole front was just words. They didn't know how to well, the, the, the front of the book is a chapter of the book. They, they didn't know how to make titles. It's a really kind of catchy title. It's one of the worst things about this time period is the extensive the titles of books. I like I it. mean, I guess you had time to sit around and look at the books of titles. Yeah, there was like 90 books. Yeah, you, you, plus you, like, it's not like you were, you were, you know, the, back then you fucking hung around your town. You often didn't go anywhere, so there yeah. were like two stores and a, right. a donkey. Like, that's... <laughs> His cops, his friends, fingers pointed everywhere, except, of course, at the guy who had leapt to his death. Everyone said he was brave, kind, caring man, and that his jump was for science or whatever. <laughs> now people knew that if you jumped from a high bridge, you wouldn't die from falling through the air, but instead when you hit the bottom. But does, uh, doesn't, isn't that, in this time, think about how crazy everybody is. How do, there has to be people who are like, I told you, you can't breathe. Yes, of course there were. I mean, even if he was of like coughing up were. blood, you could easily blame that on not breathing on the way down. Of course. Of course there were those people. I mean, there were fucking tons of them. See? 
So you can't breathe when going through the air. He is the first man who jumped from the Brooklyn Bridge, but he's not the first man who jumped and lived. That guy happened later. There was a guy next who said he did it, but it is apparently a lie. But that's a stunt in and its own. Another way. guy actually did it. That's a it. risky move anyway. What? You know, saying you did it. Saying, you, saying no, you did it. That's totally. a dangerous stunt. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, that's that's the story of Professor Robert Emmett Odlum. Well, swimmer, pr- the professor of the water. Um, hmm. swimmer, <laughs> pretty uh, pretty bold move, right? Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Anyway, you can uh, please if you enjoy our podcast, please re- leave a review on uh, iTunes that helps us out. Also, uh, we're on Twitter at, at the dollop. We're on uh, Instagram dollop podcast. We are on uh, Facebook. That's if you are l- listening and you're like, I didn't hear about the show that was in blankety blank. You should be checking out the Facebook and Twitter pages. Cause yeah, we're at a lot the miscellaneous are, at the blankety blank. A lot of people are way behind in uh podcast and then they miss well they miss the one the well dates. sorry yeah someone's um, probably listening to this and we're probably dead and what else i think in the that's, future uh if you uh, we love we love the our patreon subscribers you guys are awesome if you want to donate to patreon to keep this podcast chugging along uh we do appreciate it it takes a lot of our time we love we love you guys. Uh, we love you. We want to make love to you. We are no. We are going to make love we, to you. We are going to make love to you as a group. Both of us. Um, the and salmon. The salmon are swimming. They're looking good. Huh? It's spawning time. We're signing cars. Ready? Hey there, people listening to the dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I listen. I have a new podcast called "We're Here to Help" that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.